is what, what we'll be doing is I'll begin with sharing with you some kind of preliminary instructions, mostly for the, the sitting meditation. And Garrett then will be sharing with you some preliminary instructions for the walking. And then we'll have our uh, cell phone ceremony after that. And one practical change to the schedule that I want to share with you before I forget, which is on the schedule there was missing, if you saw it, they might have corrected it already. Uh, What was missing was an 11.30 a.m. sitting meditation. So that's the only thing. So if you saw the schedule, just to imagine that that's placed in there. And and that should make sense, and it should be changed when you go out there uh, after we meet right now. For this morning, I invite you to have this framework for your practice of simply arriving. And that's it, just to keep it simple. Like, okay, I'm just going to allow my, my system, my physiology to arrive. And one of the images that works for me around this is uh, the image of, I don't know if you've taken a tennis ball and you imagine dropping a tennis ball from high up and it it has this process, a particular process of arriving onto the ground. So it doesn't just drop and arrive on the ground, right? It's a process where it touches the ground and then bounces up and then touches the ground again. And then it's more frequently touching the ground as it continues to arrive. And then finally, there it is settling on the earth. And I like this because for my mind, so often I can imagine that that uh, practice and the unfolding of this path is going to be some night, nice, neat, linear process. But really it's an up and down, it's a, a, a fluctuating that happens. And what we're looking to do for arriving on the first day is it's, it's, it's we want to kind of allow, you could say, the gravitational pull of the Dharma to bring our physiology down to earth to settle. And for this, I, I want to share, you could say, three qualities um, around this and speak a little bit about them. And then we'll have a guided meditation to give you a little bit of a, a taste around uh, this. So the first is ease and relaxation, which we'll get into, to really to allow for ease and relaxation. So it has this gravitational pull that allows your system to begin to settle and the ups and downs that's inevitable in arriving. And then also this quality of allowing your attention to begin to linger, to abide with some kind of anchor in your sitting meditation. And then the last one out of these three is to orient to pleasure, which will be both in the sitting meditation, but also you could say in the in-between times. So I want to say a little bit about all three of these. And, and just to, situated in you know, the, the Buddha's teaching, all three of these can really be seen to uh, be qualities or facets of this um, heart quality of samadhi. And this word samadhi sometimes translated as unification of the mind or the mind collecting in some manner. And 
And just to be clear, samadhi is not just about the mind sticking with the breath, for example. I think that's a narrow understanding. But it also has these elements of ease and well-being, of a quality of lingering is the word. I like more around this. And also there is a orienting or opening to pleasure, and I'll get, get to why that is and how the physiological significance of that. So first relaxation, and what I've noticed for myself is that there are so many dimensions to allowing my system to settle and relax. And part of this is, and I think there's many, and I just want to name one, is to begin to sense and to notice subtle or sometimes not so subtle dynamics of tension. Where do you feel that in the body? Because it can be often that I'm moving throughout my day and then I sit down and it's like, oh, interesting, my shoulders are just a little bit up. There it is. Oh, and there they are. They can settle just a little bit to release that tension. So where is that for you? And how can you allow for those aspects of the body to release, to settle in terms of relaxation? And what's also been important for me is I'm allowing the body to relax in the way it wants to rather than the way I want it to. Because there's a big difference. Like I can have demands on the body of the way I want it to be, or I can open up the space for it to release and relax in the way that it feels comfortable doing so. So it's like I'm in this relationship with the body. I'm opening up the space for that, but it, it might not happen, and that's okay. Like it has a kind of rhythm of its own that I need to be sensitive to. And it's so interesting just to start to become aware of that. Oh, what is the process of the body relaxing and having ease? What do I discover around this? And this means that also I need, I need to be okay when the body isn't fully relaxed. It's, this is not about perfection. It's about opening up a space for a different way of being. Whatever that's going to be. And, and yeah, there can be residual tension and there still can be a, a, a cultivation of this, this whole realm of samadhi. I also want to acknowledge, as probably many of you know on retreat, the first day can be sleepy central. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> or groggy, no matter what you do. And I want to open up the space also. Sometimes the first day, like after lunch, is the, the skillful napping meditation. <laughs> can you follow that in your body? Like sometimes your, your system just needs to collapse a bit because of the speed and rate that it's been going in this modern world. And to see that's actually a good sign. It shows that your system, for some systems, that it's arriving here. So that's the, the first aspect, the ease and relaxation. And then the second aspect, the, the two words I've been using is lingering or abiding. And it corresponds with this word that's repeated again and again in the Satipatthana Sutta, this, this, this four ways of establishing mindfulness. The, the Pali word uh, viharati. It's uh, the same word that you find in Brahma vihara or vihara. It can mean in its noun form uh, it, an abode. It's also viharati to abide. So one abides contemplating the body as a body. 
that there's something in mindfulness about lingering, abiding with experience. Because when the attention can abide with experience, it can see it more clearly. Things get revealed. And I need to open up the space to allow the attention to begin to abide, to linger. And those words have been really important to me because it gives a different feeling for me, the word linger and abide, than put your attention on the breath. It feels different. It feels like there's a settling. It reminds me of the tennis ball getting closer to the earth. And for today, it's the invitation to linger or abide, you can say hang out with, an anchor in your meditation. The most common kind of traditional anchor is the breath. I also want to acknowledge the breath doesn't work for everyone. And sometimes it can take practitioners years to kind of find the anchor that really resonates. And I, I want to open up the space. For most people it does, but not always. Um, so if you do find the breath problematic, you might want to try hearing sounds as an anchor or feeling the whole body. And if it gets to be particularly problematic, let us know, because it's important to have some skill with an anchor in, you, in your meditation. And often when I'm using, at least for myself, a, an anchor, I'm, I'm uh, and I don't get to choose around this, but an anchor that is relatively neutral in its feeling tone, or even better, if there's some kind of pleasantness to it. So if you find the breath pleasant or pleasing in some way, we want to really make room for that. Also, for some people, it can be tricky with a mask. Maybe you've already noticed that, that, that sometimes I switch my attention when I'm meditating with a mask. Often, I'm feeling the breath in the whole body rather than just at my nostrils um, or even at the mouth, uh, just because that tends for me to be more on the unpleasant side. So I'm looking to where it's maybe a little bit more neutral at least. And if you find the breath soothing at all, to really allow that to be that way. And again, you don't get to choose. It might just be unpleasant, and then you, you be with that. But it, it, we, we need to, like, to have that sensitive kind of we're listening into or feeling into the breath of where it might be soothing or pleasant and allowing that to grow, to allow the system to, to settle. And this is important also just outside of the, the sitting meditation, just when you're in the in-between times, can you become, become curious about where is their pleasant experience? Healthy, non-addictive pleasure. And to linger with that, it could be the sound of a bird or the sight of the, the leaves rustling. To linger with that experience and then to notice if it's pleasant, how does it feel? How does it impact the body? To remember that the... The Buddha, in you know, his teaching on the gradual training, it, it often appears to me as it's this whole line of pleasant experience that the Buddha is inviting us to explore. We begin with generosity. Why do we begin with generosity? Have you noticed? It feels good, doesn't it? It's like, ooh, yeah, mm. It feels good. And then ethical conduct, ethical integrity. How does the Buddha talk about it, ethical integrity? It feels so good. It's pleasurable. The system settles. Recollection practices, recollecting the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. You know, reflecting on your ethical integrity, your generosity, reflecting on the, the devas. It feels good. 
samadhi, it feels good for the system. And that's physiologically important because it's priming the system to begin to feel relatively safe. When I'm being chased by a mountain lion, I have this amazing nervous system, which is letting me know this is not a good time to linger with pleasant experiences. There are other things going on that I need to address, namely threat. So, so the physiology's openness to pleasure is going to be narrowed. That's a really good thing. It keeps me alive. The unfortunate thing is often with modern living, there's a little bit of that threat response is on. And so that realm is narrowed in our physiology. We open it up. It can be one gateway into allowing for the system to settle. Okay. So ease, relaxation. It's the first one, that whole realm. Lingering, lingering, abiding, especially with uh, some anchor. And then also, if possible, it might not be sometimes in the sitting meditation, but to orient to pleasure, to allow the system to settle, just like the, the, the tennis ball, allowing kind of the, the gravitational pull of the Dharma. And then lastly, I, I, hopefully you're hearing, like, I'm not talking much about mindfulness, in the ways, ways that it is, like I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you to prime for this, this quality of settling. So that means if your mind is racing all day, whatever. What is it to, to explore relaxation, ease, abiding, oriented to the pleasant? Okay, should we give it a try? Okay. Okay, so what I invite you to do is to, if you haven't already, allowing your attention to come inward. And I invite you to begin by simply feeling the body in whatever posture it's in. I now invite you to allow for a quality of relaxation in the body. And you might want to go through certain parts of the body. So maybe beginning with the feet and the legs. Allowing the feet and the legs to relax or have a sense of ease if they want to. Allowing for a quality of ease and relaxation in the whole hip area. And in particular, I invite you to allow the pelvic floor 
to settle downward and to open. And now the whole torso, so the belly, the stomach, the chest. Allowing some sense of ease in that realm. And the back being upright and open. allowing the shoulders to drop. The hands and the arms to relax. Letting the jaw loosen. And the muscles in the face to relax. And now I invite you to allow the eyes to rest back into their sockets. It's like the allowing the eyes to be restful. And when you allow the eyes to rest back into their sockets, there might be another dimension of relaxation you feel in the body.
I now invite you to begin to open to some kind of anchor. Maybe it's the feeling of the breathing. It could be something like just the rise and fall of the abdomen, the the body or the body slightly expanding and contracting with the breath. Just allowing the attention to abide there, to linger with that feeling. And if the breath feels problematic for you, kind of on a regular basis, you might want to have an anchor of hearing, hearing sounds coming and going, or just the whole body in general. Still this quality of lingering, abiding with that experience.
you might want to add just a little bit of curiosity, being curious about feeling the very beginning of the in-breath. The intention to be with that all the way to the end of the in-breath, that small gap then between the in and out breath. Can you notice that? And then the beginning of the out-breath to the end and then that next small gap. Feeling that. or with sounds, how sounds come and go, and lingering with that realm, if that's your anchor. If you notice anything pleasant or neutral in the breathing, even if it's subtle, that feels soothing to savor that. And if it's just unpleasant, to be with that. Same goes with sounds.
And if you find yourself sleepy, you might want to play with practicing with eyes open, just having the eyes looking down towards the ground with the eyes open. To help modulate that.
And whenever you notice the mind lost, sleepiness or thought, simply begin again with this positive reinforcement. Yes, I'm back. the willingness to begin again and again.
And now Garrett will be uh, sharing with us about uh, walking meditation. Good morning, everyone. Joseph Goldstein said once on a retreat, what would it be like to replace all sitting meditation with walking meditation? I don't know what that does to you, so just contemplate for a minute. What would it be like to replace all sitting meditation with walking meditation? There might be a slight resistance. It's, um, I think, a very interesting thing with walking meditation. When we have a difficult sit, we're really looking forward to it. And then once we start, after maybe one or two um, lanes which we have been walking, you know, um, something else happens. There's usually quite a bit of resistance. Either it's a bit of aversion, I don't really want to do this, or... It might be some Weimar doing this, a bit of doubt, or just a bit of boredom that usually turns up. But the truth is, you know, that a lot of uh, insights can be and have been gained by doing walking meditation. So this is an important practice. And also it's probably one of the practices which we easily can take out into our daily lives. It might be really difficult to get, get space and time for sitting meditation, but all the other positions, as the Buddha said, the sitting, the standing, the walking, and all the in-betweens, you know, these are the meditations that we quite easily can take out to, into our normal lives. I'd like to continue to encourage you, like Brian has been saying before, to kind of use this first day maybe of walking practice to kind of allow your minds to settle. You know, to really find ease and relaxation and some grounding in your practice. So really I would like to also keep it quite nice and easy and maybe really would like to just place your attention to the contact of the soles of the feet with the ground. And that's a suggestion, you know, if, if that is difficult for you, if you have a walking practice that is working better for you, then please feel free to do so. What I also would like to encourage is, once you have settled on what you're doing, try and stick with it, you know, and all the hindrances and all the thoughts that might come up, you know, just pause, notice what's happening, relax into it, and please continue, or try to continue with the same practice, you know, to try not to speed up or make any other adjustments, you know, just stick with it. Also, what is really very, very helpful to, um, to settle your mind is really when you do a walking bit and you realize, you know, thoughts are coming up because sometimes, you know, as soon as we start to move our energies of the body, you know, also our mind also starts to again generate a lot of uh, thought and papancha or emotions or anything that might come up. So when you notice this, just pause, relax, 
and start again, you know, in the middle of your path. And you might also maybe experience some resistance with that because you think, oh God, everybody sees, you know, that I have just stopped in the middle of my way. But really, this is very, very deep practice. This is really what it is all about, you know, seeing what is happening in our minds, what's going on for me right now. You know, and then again, you know, pause, relax, collect yourself and start again. So... I think this is probably that what I'd like to say for today and for this walking practice. And I really encourage you to kind of really, you know, choose one thing that's good for you and stick with that. All right. And I think now we have a cell phone ceremony and I hand over to Akinjano. Thank you, Gerrit. Um, this is not much of a ceremony, just um, an acknowledgement um, and um, appreciation for gestures of renunciation. Renunciation is not one of the most uh, famous teachings. Um, it's decidedly unsexy uh, compared to other teachings like wisdom, compassion, stillness, um, Renunciation has, a, a, I think in many minds, a, a, a twang which doesn't leave the same gladness lingering. Yeah? So renunciation sounds somehow hard. It sounds loss. It sounds no fun. And in fact, we, you know, we all ren- renounce things. This is how we give value to things. Yeah? We retract our attention from many things to focus on one thing. We prioritize activities. We make choices. We decide on urgency. We decide on value um, by making gestures of renunciation. So you've given up an awful lot just to be here. You know, Consider for a moment what you all miss right now. Games, hikes, sailing holidays, um, hanging out with friends, long brunches. All this you've given up to sit here together with other people in this hall to dedicate your energies and your heart's strength to the cultivation of some, you know, qualities which you have no guarantee of getting. There's a difference between renunciation and letting go. Renunciation, we can do. Letting go is what happens in the heart. Some things we keep having to renounce before letting go sets in. We can't let go. Like we can't do do samadhi. Letting go and samadhi are both qualities of of the mind. They take place, but we can't do them. We, we also can't do insight, by the way. Now, all these things we can't do in a sort of deliberate, willful way. But gestures of giving things up, that's the word the Pali uses, giving things up, uh, are encouraged because they bring about clarity of priorities. They bring about 
the willingness to do away with comforts or with things that fill our lives. So they help, just such gestures help to contour the lay of the land. We become more aware of what is truly important. So I want to congratulate you if you file past us and just put your phone, preferably in your envelope and that has preferably your uh, name on in your best Sunday writing. Uh, we promise to not sell your phones, although tempting as it would be to sell a basket full of them. Uh, we promise to they go into the office and the office will be this, uh, the custodians and uh, we promise that you will get them back. Uh, so uh, I would now just ring that little bell and then invite you to file past us and leave your envelope in here and go for walking meditation in the spirit of Gerrit's suggestion. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.